Welcome to the Educated Ignorance Podcast. It is another double dip of Monday Night Football week number three, the Elite Eight. Two games of Monday Night Football that were okay. The second one was pretty good, even though there was some, you know, anger-inducing stuff. But we got a lot to get to, and we are going to touch on all of it. So sit back and relax. Let's have some fun. As we get ready to roll next. Serving the Quad Cities area since 1973, and with over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. This family-owned business has you covered on all your needs. Protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services. Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office, or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. Coming up on this pod, we have the Elite Eight week number three. Some shakeup, some teams moving in, some teams are getting kicked out of the club. A new number one, considering our number one last week lost. Also, we have the uh, breakdown. We'll talk about the games from today. Uh, the Bucks and the Eagles, as well as the Bengals and the Rams. A little old Super Bowl rematch from 2021. So, or 2022, I guess. So, we'll have all of that. Quick little housekeeping notes. Subscribe to us on YouTube for frequency sake QC uh, on YouTube. I have been sharing. I have been telling the world on you uh, uh, to, to, to come check us out. We have been dialed in on the YouTube uh, area. And, you know, come subscribe. We are over 60 subscribers. I would love for us to hit. 100 by the trade deadline. To me that would be a win and then we can uh we can go we can go from there as I pull myself up. We had some great interaction from some folks last night on the uh uh on the YouTube comments, so come hang out there. Of course, always what you can watch on my Facebook and the for frequency sake uh facebook as well but if we could build up the youtube platform and then just kind of go from there that would be awesome as well so uh you know just some thoughts but 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 please do go support us on those other platforms uh that would mean the world all right let us get to it um one other housekeeping note lat during the preseason i busted out the qb tyramid there's a good chance we are going to do a quarter season version of that updated rankings. So stay tuned. Well, more on that eventually just depends on how much, how, uh, how I get through the next few weeks. So, all right, that is that let's get into it. 
It is the wrap-up of week number three. Let's talk some ball. to the four frequency sake network oh yeah it was a old super bowl rematch it was some early 2000s level nfc championship game rematches we had a fun night uh here on this monday i had a kind of rough day but you know what we had uh you know we we, we had a day and we were ready to rock and roll want to thank everybody listening and joining us Let's buckle up and have some fun. All right, so the Eagles take care of business in Tampa Bay. Um, I thought this game would be a little, well, I guess maybe I didn't think it would be a little more competitive. Nothing really surprised me here with this one. The the Bucks defense, their D-line, which is pretty solid, insanely overmatched. Their O-line, which is not solid, insanely overmatched. They can't run the ball against this defense for the Eagles. This was a much better performance from the Philadelphia defense than we saw in the first two weeks. Now, I don't think you're going to learn much from Baker Mayfield. God love him as much as everybody wants to imagine he... Uh, um, you know, you can only imagine imagine people just continuing to believe that Baker is actually decent. Um, I would think he's like the 30th best quarterback alive at best right now. Um, right. I think that Philadelphia needed a game like this on the defensive end, even against a bit of a lesser offense uh, to get some confidence back. Their defensive secondary has been getting torched. Mac Jones ate them alive. Of course, last week, the Vikings got them a lot. I I think that the Eagles as a whole tonight played really well. And Jalen Carter is a problem. Uh, Listen, man, one of these days, we are going to understand that talented guys are talented and Whoever was put, I understand he had the thing with the the incident with the 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 rate the the race and the the person unfortunately lost their life, um, and you can question his decision making, but in this situation, when it comes to just drafting the football player that is Jalen Carter, a lot of people who didn't need a quarterback passed on him. And one of them, of course, is the Redacteds. Shout out to Josh. A problem that the Redacteds could have should have had. Yeah, should. He should have been on that team. But also, you know, he probably would have, you know, he'd be a crazy person on that team. So the Eagles are the perfect spot for him. 
The fact that the Eagles have him is insane. He's already probably one of the 30th best players alive. But and we all knew it. We all knew it. He should have gone one. He should have gone top five. Uh, but whatever. We know nothing. We're just dumb media folks. Um, it's an insane, an insane prospect that 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 guy fell. But whatever. He their defensive front is crazy. Nolan Smith, another Georgia Bulldog, played well tonight. Uh, their linebackers made some plays, and Jalen Hurts tonight had his best game of the season so far. The throws that he was making, some of them, the one to A.J. Brown on their first touchdown was sick. Uh, his two picks were a bit tough luck. They, uh, the, the first one, he tried to throw Swift on the hot route, and the like Swift cut in, and he just, instead of cutting out, and he just threw it right to, to De- Devin White. And then on the second one, you know, great play by the DB to jump in front of to, of, uh, of uh, Sugar Glider. That would have been a that would have been six. So, uh, Eagles running the ball still very impressive, which we all know. Uh, they Deion, here's there are two facts. DeAndre Swift has improved, and he actually is a decisive runner for once. But also, the Eagles' offensive line is basically disgusting. Um, so. Like in a good way, uh, that was impressive uh, display from the Eagles offensive line against a really good D line with Barrett and Vea and Tryon and and company Kalijah Kansi. Like they have dudes up front, and the Eagles just beat their ass all game long. Other than that, like where you go from here, Eagles next week uh, play Washington. So you know. That'll be an, uh, another – I think that'll be a game where they can really disrupt Washington. But maybe Washington can get going in the pass game unlike they were last week. But then the Bills sacked the shit out of them. So who knows? D-line for the Eagles could eat. And then uh, for the Bucks, next week is the Saints. And the Saints are probably going to be without Derek Carr. So that's going to be a game where definitely whoever can – get out of there with that one is going to be set up well and they'll be you know the winner will be three and one and though i won't believe in either one of those teams the fact that one of the bucks or the saints next week are going to be three and one through four games is important in a division where nine wins might be all it takes to get the job done all right let's move on to what a night the cincinnati Bengals. i have a couple different outputs here and interesting thoughts like first of all the joe burrow stuff there is a push and pull aspect of burrow is not healthy they are uh asking him to do way too much but he also he definitely looks rusty as shit he looks like a guy who rolled out of bed and played without practicing all week that's what he's looked like for three weeks it's what he looked like again tonight but there is also a portion of the offensive play calling and the design, you know, hasn't been extremely beneficial. I don't think this team runs the ball enough. Uh, now, granted, they, you know, Joe Mixon, it, you know, he runs well sometimes, but a lot of times it's it's nothing pretty. They... 
in the first half, they were not creative at all in their schematics when it came to the passing game. It was a whole lot of, you know, trying to force feed deep balls, trying to run hooks and just keeping chase on the outside. In the second half, they moved Jamar Chase all over the field. The Rams are playing this kind of murky, insane two to three high look uh, to force everything from Cincinnati underneath. They finally started running some clear outs. Like I said, they moved Chase all over the ball. They did a fail. I know the one problem with this offense right now is that you do limit some stuff with Burrow basically being immobile. And the one time they moved the pocket, they went pistol. They faked the toss. Burrow rolled to his right. They ran a little, they ran a smash. They were in the hook corner with Chase. Chase was wide open. So, like, those things are there with Burrow's ability to move. You can't, you couldn't get away with the style of defense that the Rams played tonight with how, with Burrow not being a statue. So, That'll be something to play. The fact that they were able to get out of here tonight with a win is impressive. The question, though, is just how beat up is he? You know, everyone's be going full to artist formerly known as Twitter doctor. Uh, and they're all saying, oh, look, he's only hurt, blah, 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 wooda, wooda. Like, he, yeah, he's not healthy, but uh, like, what else are they going to do? Um, so we'll see. I'm intrigued to see. That's wild. I'm intrigued to see what he looks like uh, um, going forward. Does it improve? Does it get healthier? Uh, but as a, you got to remember, this team was four and four last year. And then they decided to ragdoll everybody. They cut through the league like a knife. Uh, so we'll see. Like, if they can somehow get to the deadline and he's gets better, I mean, their their problem is like you don't you just in the NFL you can't just sit a guy and expect you can survive. You know they clearly don't, or they probably if they had like a Cooper Rush or a Josh, not Josh Dobbs, but like if they Josh even says here that he needs a couple weeks, like that's the thing. Like I, if they had a Cooper rush or a Gardner Minshew, maybe you could get away with it because you do coming up next. You play the tight, like there, these aren't gimmies. No game in the NFL is gimmies, but it is the Titans and the Cardinals. And then you play the Seahawks before a bye week. So like you get out of that three and three somehow. And then you come off the bye week to play the Niners. Like and you play the Niners and the bills back to back. Like it's, he just needs to get right now to their buy somehow 100%. Or not 100%, but just somehow in the trajectory of it. I don't know what it is. If they had a better backup, I assume that they would not play him. But they clearly do not trust their backup situation because this is a team that understands their Super Bowl window is now. And after losing the first two games that they could not afford to drop tonight. And tonight, the offense did did some stuff. They had some nice drives in the second half. But the reason they won tonight was because their defensive line and their defense as a whole, but the D-line kicked the Rams' ass for the entire second half. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, all pro-level dudes. 
and their DBs playing well. Mike Hilton uh, made a tip pass. Logan Wilson is a fantastic player. Like this team has uh, high level players on their defense, and Lou Anarumo is one of the best, if not the best, D coordinators in the NFL right now. Especially when you think like D'Amico's got a head coaching job, uh, so like he's he's there. Uh, and the schematics they were doing. Now, there is also the fact that McVeigh, who has done a really good job with an outgunned roster through two weeks, tonight just showed how outgunned they were. They're missing their their O line's already bad. They're missing their left tackle. Trey Hendrickson's bashing his head in with a frying pan every single play. The problem is though, like, how are you not d- designing stuff to give him help? Like, how on earth are you not? allowing him to, you know, you're, you're giving him no chance, you know, like there's no chance for your defense or for your offense with that level of coaching. You're leaving guys out there on an Island. Um, if it just was unfortunate to see because Stafford had no chance, uh, it's it's insane. And listen, good on uh, huh. Hmm. damn. <laughs> I don't know exactly how the the Rams go on through the year like I'm going to be interested to see how they navigate stuff because I was really starting to get in on them now maybe if you know Cooper Cup not having him is big Josh states that is a true point you know not having Cup is important but you know I I feel like I, I do I really want to look at some I'm I want I'm going to try this week to look at some film to see what the Bengals did to take Nakua away compared to what the uh, other than obviously, you know, your, your defensive end just caving the left tackle skull in every pass play uh, that obviously helps, but I want to know what they did to where they couldn't get any because Stafford was force feeding Nakua like it was Cooper Cup in 2021 uh, for the first two games. So I want to see what was different tonight that just they didn't even get to those looks. Um, So I'm a little bit curious in that regard. Uh, Tonight was a bit of a comeback to the earth moment for the Rams. To me, it reminded me of the fact that it gave me remi- it gave me a reminding moment of like oh this is why i was low on them even though they've impressed the hell out of me and they're not nearly as bad as i thought they were going to be as long as they stay relatively healthy but throughout the year they're just going to get out dude did they're just the two teams have better dudes they have teams have more dudes and better dudes than them you know that's just where it's at and their roster is just not it's just not at a point where they can hang in games like this and be 50-50. Their defense has some punch, you know, they they were able to scheme some stuff up. I think they have hit on some of these like later mid to late round draft picks um on the defense, but 
on offense that the receivers have been great. Their O line though is just so bad. And you know, if any other of those guys just continue to get hurt, you know, I I just don't know. I just don't know. That that it's gonna be a massive uphill climb uh throughout the night. Todd Flamer with the like. Shout out to Todd. Josh was saying Puka was getting held a lot tonight and double teamed. Yeah, I, I probably I think they were bracketing him a little bit. Um, because that's the thing. I want to see exactly what the Bengals were doing to, you know, I know when they play the Chiefs, they do a really good job of kind of designing some shade stuff with Travis Kelsey. So I'm interested to see if they kind of stole some stuff like that to a guy like Nakua, who was just obviously nowhere near that good, but Nakua, like they've just been getting him open through two weeks. Uh, so yeah, Bengals, I'm not too worried about yet, but get Joe Burrow healthy. For the Rams, we'll see. I'm interested to see exactly, you know, how they continue to navigate through the year with certain deficiencies in certain spots that are really, you know, really problematic. Uh they get the Colts next week. That should be an interesting game. Colts D line, man, could fuck them up. And I hope Anthony Richardson's back. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We will get to it's that time for the Elite Eight, the top eight teams in the NFL, presented by our friends at Yard Barbers. Hate mowing? Need your lawn or business landscaped? Having trouble with an unruly yard that your neighbors hate? Yard Barbers LLC is your hookup. Mowing, weeding, edging, trimming, aerating, fertilizing, haul away, they can do it all. And they aren't just good for your summertime yard blues. They work all year long, and you can get signed up for their winter services for that annoying snow and ice removal. Find Yard Barbers on Facebook at Yard Barbers LLC, send them an email at yardbarbersqc at gmail.com, or shoot them a text at 309-235-1595. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street in Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sundays, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up $1 wings and $2.50 drafts and domestics all day. And your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? You'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and beer fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City-style pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC-style pies for the last 24 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. Bullshit, let's get real, son. It's time for the Elite Eight, week number three. The uh, graphic, of course, will get posted tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. You all know this. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? Number eight, the Cleveland Browns. We feel good about this one, folks. We wanted this one last week. We are putting them in today. What their defense is doing um, right now is it is silly. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the records here, too, just to we're going to start getting into the year and people are going to be like, what's the record? So I'm going to start getting used to that. Um, the, the, the Browns are. It is insane. 
what the Browns are doing defensively. The three best stat, uh, the three best like next gen clipboard level stats this season for defense, like highest rated games, is the be- is the Browns defense. Uh, Jim Schwartz has done the Lord's work, just using their depth, their talent, and insane different levels of scheme to weaponize not just Miles Garrett, who might be the best and probably is right now the best pass rusher in the pass rusher in the league. Pass rush. Shout out to Chris Collinsworth. The best pass rusher in the in the NFL. But you know, he doesn't play for the Steelers or whatever. So people don't think he or the Cowboys. So he doesn't I mean I guess Micah Micah's the best edge rusher, but Miles Garrett's the man. My point is with what they do to scheme stuff up to allow their defense to have advantageous matchups, it is very impressive. And you, listen, their defense is humming. They're, they should be 3-0, and if not for the Pittsburgh defense, who's really good as well, going full 90, 1985 redacted uh, and, and finding a way to steal that game. Here is also a thing that I will say that you're not going to hear from anybody, many people, because people don't like him, and it's fun to hate on him. Uh, Deshaun Watson was really good yesterday, and if he, that is a great sign in a spot where your first game without Nick Chubb, if you can look, if you can have, you're like he's not going to have that every week, but if you can, if that can be your barometer, you know, and you're kind of middling ground every on a weekly basis that is really good uh and i'm impressed i'm going to be very very interested to see like where this team goes and if their offense can continue to navigate like they did yesterday uh and like i said deshaun he had one really dumb play but other than that man deshaun was really good so very uh very promising signs they get the Ravens at home on Sunday. If they win that game, we need to start really simmering in that the Browns could be really legit. All right, number seven, the Detroit Lions. My faith never wavered. I moved them back after the tough loss to Seattle. They did a fantastic job on the defensive end with, we're going to talk a lot about some defenses here in these first parts, but their defense against Seattle in base personnel got which is three linebackers on the field. Seattle rolled out two tight ends, they rolled out multiple running backs. They just out-personneled and out-schemed them to death. The, Gino threw on play action or when throwing the ball against the Lions base personnel uh, for the in that Seahawks game. Gino was like 9 of 10 for 100 and some 20 or 30 yards and a big and a touchdown in that game. The Falcons, all they do is run personnel and formational groups that make you play with three linebackers on the field because of how they run the ball. They will run 21 personnel. They will run 12 personnel. They will run 22 personnel because they're psychotics. And what that means is in the 12, uh, the first number is the amount of running backs, so one, and the second number, in that case two, is the amount of tight ends. And obviously when the offense substitutes those personnel, the defense is going to substitute personnel to match and the lions you know their weakness on defense is their linebackers and and the seahawks knew that and exploited it the falcons who run the ball and want to use play action as well 
they were not able to exploit that. The, the, the Lions, massive credit to them. The, uh, Brian Branch, again, the Lions, people told me all about how the Lions missed on their draft picks. Uh, Jameer Gibbs playing real well. Jack Campbell playing real well. Sam Laporta is awesome. Already probably one of the eight best players at his position. Brian Branch, really good. Hey, tell me about how they wasted four for four, uh, their first four picks on non-impact players or whatever the clipboard boys call them. Uh, premium position nerds, all you suckas out there that use algorithms to tell you how football is played. Um, those guys are really good. And Brian Branch yesterday had himself a day. He is a fantastic player. He had 11 tackles from the safety position, um, just coming up and causing havoc in that run game. He had a couple pass deflections as well. Uh, yeah, this defense was was really, really good for the for the Lions, and that is a very promising sign moving forward. It's not going to be like this every week, but that is something that you can really use as a measuring stick to continue to go forward throughout the year. Uh, and that game Thursday against Green Bay, whoo, massive. Number six, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, listen, we we are not. You know, the last thing we are on this show is to not give credit where it's due, even though we don't like the Bills and don't think they're that, you know, don't think they're going to be a potential playoff team. I mean, right now, I would probably put them in because of the Jets and that the, the disastrous start for them. That was a the what they have done defensively has the last two weeks is impressive. I am going to be interested. Listen, a lot is going to be tell, told in this Miami game. And I think what it is going to probably be is two awesome teams just kind of duking it out. Uh, I am very, I want to, I want to see exactly how I love seeing, uh, you know, problems get solved, right? I love seeing how teams look at the equation on the other side of the field in the NFL or in any form of football. And I want to, I love seeing how they try to attack it. So I want to know how the Bills and the Dolphins are going to try to attack each other. Uh, so I I think right now what I'm looking at is how are the Dolphins going to try to stop a run game in the Bills that it seems like they're definitely trying to establish more. And I want to, this is by far the bet. Yeah, I would say this is the best defensive line that the that they've played. I, I, I think the Dolphins or the Pats defense is great. But the Bills' D-line is much better at pressure generation, even though Tua gets the ball out quick and their offense is so fast. That's going to be a huge will and it will thing on both sides on how it gets worked. So for the Bills, that's some stuff I'm looking at for next week. Um, why I can't be super – here's where why – I don't I'm not getting too far cart over the horse with the Bills yet because the last two weeks is what they do. It's what they've been. It is, you know, lose the stupid silly games, but beat the shit out of teams that they're much better than. So how far can they continue that? I mean, maybe that's just how they 
ride the wave all the way around. So the next two weeks, like these last two games are nice to see them do their thing, but it's nothing that is – I'm not as impressed with the those wins compared to other things. Now, I am impressed that they're start, they are looking like they're trying to establish a run game. That is something I'm impressed with. Like the, the the James Cook factor so far, like they are trying to get him going. And that is something that they need it. They need to not use Josh Allen as their main running back, as their main ball carrier. They need to get other guys involved. And if they can actually use James Cook and establish him, then that's something that I think is very important. Moving on, number five, the Eagles. Uh, we said everything we needed to say earlier. Jalen Hurts, very nice impre- uh, bounce back. From a passing standpoint this week, A.J. Brown got going. They may, I'll tell you what, they made sure they fed A.J. Brown a lot early tonight, didn't they? That's for damn sure. Uh, also, it was, it's just, they're, they're O-line. They're still the best team in the trenches um, in the NFL. The reason we have them at five and maybe not a bit higher is their ceiling this season so far hasn't been, at least in a certain aspect, as high as some of the other teams. But also right now, I do put the top five teams from here on. I put them all in a group above everybody else. Like that's just a fact at the moment. They just right now happen to me at number five for me. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Was Sunday alarming? Eh. All right. So they're missing four offensive linemen. They move the ball a bunch and get stuck at the red zone. Here is what I will say is worrisome. The stagnant play calling in the red zone is something I'm worried about. Other than that, I thought they ran the ball well. I thought they utilized stuff offensively outside of the red zone pretty well to to be a bit creative to move the football. I thought after a bit of a sluggish start and the Cardinals kind of catching them off guard with how they were utilizing some of their offensive stuff, I thought the defense in the second half really sat down and got rolling. And listen, obviously, Trey Diggs out hurts. Um, Maybe there was a bit of an emotional, like, damn, kind of feeling. Three days, four days removed from him being dinged for the year. Uh, so maybe that's why they came out a little flat, but again, tip, tip of the cap to the Cardinals, man, they're, they're just playing really well. And for an out Ross outgun team like Arizona for them to play that hard and, and whatnot for 60 minutes and then finish the job. I cannot hate that at all for Dallas. I'm not super worried because last year the chiefs played the Colts and got beat and the Colts stunk and the chiefs, it was a dumb game. The chiefs, Harrison Bucker was hurt, so they had a backup kicker in who missed. Um, <laughs> they faked a field goal. Uh, they had two, a special teams turnover. Chris Jones got a dumb penalty. Like that game last year against the Colts, the Chiefs was a calamity, and they were fine. Like I'm not worried about the Cowboys. The only reason people are more worried about it than they should is because it's the Cowboys. Dumb losses in the National Football League happen all the time. Unless you're the team that we have next, and apparently you just never lose with the when you play with the team you've got. That's the Niners. Um, I don't know. Do I have them too low? 
probably. I just have more faith, I guess, on a down-to-down basis from the other two teams that I have ahead of them, in in a sense. The Niners, I, I need to... God, is the Brock Purdy shoe going to drop? Probably not. I think there is a... There is a... As I as we kind of broke down on Friday, there is a bit of a middling ground with some of the Brock Purdy discussion. Too many people are wrapped up in the fact that he's undefeated and what and whatnot, and he's this underground story, and he's this underdog, and blah blah blah. And they're like, "Oh wow, he wins, so it's great." Well, Jimmy G won a lot. He's on the Raiders. He's looked like ter- he's looked trash all uh season so far um the purdy stuff is you know but too many people i think are expecting it to be horrendous with purdy i think listen do i think he's a top 15 quarterback probably not he's probably somewhere between 16 and 22 for me 16 and 24 maybe he's in that middle he's in that third quadrant of if you drop if you you know a quadrants is four, so he's in the third one for me. Um, probably uh, the thing I do love about what the Niners have with him again, and I've said it before, is that he takes the risks that guys that prior to him didn't, so it opens the game up more. Their their offense would obviously be better and more efficient if they had a better a quarterback better than him, but for what they're trying to do, it works. The problem is, um, uh, the the problem is like, when are we going to have the game where defensive backs don't drop every ball he throws at their chest? So let's see. They play, and I hate being the looks at the schedule guy, but. Let's just do an experiment here. They play. That's meh false. Last year's hit fields might might have been, not this year's. Fields this year has been terrible. But then again, I don't know. They play the Cardinals next, so that one ain't gonna happen. They then play the Cowboys. Oh, I wish Trey Diggs was healthy. Are the Cowboys going to drop balls that Brock Purdy throws right off their chest? Maybe not. Are the Browns? Oh, what a two-week stretch for us to get a real look at the Niners offense against scintillatingly high-level defenses. Are the Browns and the Cowboys going to drop balls that Brock Brock Purdy throws at their face um, uh, instead of his teammates? Who knows? You know, we have... We will have data points <laughs> over the next few games for them. I'm not being a hater. I promise. I love what they're doing. I think this team is legitimately terrifying. But I just want to see what happens when the defense catches the balls that Brock Purdy throws at him. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, other than that, you know, we'll see. Number two, the Chiefs. Am I crazy for having the Chiefs above the Niners? Probably. I also think the Niners' defense is, or the Chiefs' defense is awesome. Uh, Like they have a top 10, 8 unit in the league. They're fast. Trey, like uh, McDuffie, like the fact that they've got that guy is sick, disgusting. It's not fair. Um, Like he's Trent McDuffie. He's gross. 
Um, their D-line is nice. Karloftis is making some plays. We all know Chris Jones is awesome. They're, they, you know, Spagnola has finally found the rhythm of, of, you know, what to do with his aggressive style. And they're just fast, dude. Their defense is fast as hell. Um, offensively, they, uh, they, you know, the game on Sunday was practice. Will I need to see more from to believe their their receivers have life figured out? Yes and no. But uh, you know, I, I just don't listen. If the Chiefs' biggest problem is their passing game, who's their quarterback? I don't know. The greatest player in league history. I'm not worried about them. Chiefs are number two. Which means yeah, call me a homer. I don't care. The Dolphins are number one. They put up 70, man. They put up 70 points. How the hell? Who else do you want me to have first? Like, some teams haven't scored 70 points this calendar year. Not just in this season. Uh, last year, the Dolphins were 3-0. I had them first. It felt way more prisoner of the moment than it does today. Nick and I talked about this last night. The The Dolphins' first wins were last year were in at home against New England where it was an ugliest game that they found a way. Week two against the Ravens, they were down 35-14. And came all the way back and won in the fourth quarter. Then they played the Bills in week three. The Bills ran 90, like 88 plays to the Dolphins' 45 plays. The Bills scored 17 points. The Dolphins won. I had the Dolphins first. Kind of spur on the moment at the time. This year, as we said last night, this team feels way different. This year, they go to L.A. and beat the Chargers in a back-and-forth game where the offense is insanely explosive and dominant. Then they go to the Patriots, win a completely different game. The defense looks really good. The offense still makes their plays and makes has their moments, and they get a win there. Then Sunday, against the Broncos, they, being the Dolphins, they score a touchdown on 10 of their first 11 drives and win 73 to 20. That is not a typo. Their drive chart went touchdown. 88 plays or their their drive chart went three plays 75 yards, touchdown. Nine plays 81 yards, touchdown. 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Then they decided to go for it on fourth down because Mike McDaniel in three drives said, oh, no matter what we do, this team is not going to stop us, so we can do anything. They don't get it. Regardless, they force a punt and a short field. Then six plays, 86 yards, touchdown. Then after forcing a fumble, one play, three yards, little uh, give to Mostert, touchdown. End of half. Then. 
11 plays, 90 yards, touchdown. Nine plays, 77 yards, touchdown. Two plays, eight yards after a pick, touchdown. Then a punt, so my bad, 10 of their first 12 drives. A punt, man, they, they stink. This is what the backup's in. Then the backups decide to throw a 70-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson from Mike White. Shout out to the shout out to White Lotus. Uh, then two plays, 75 yards, Devon A. Chain touchdown run. They scored 10 touchdowns on 13 drives, 10 touchdowns on their first 12 drives. Uh, what they did yesterday was it was just wild. They are the best offense in the league. This is the fastest offense I've ever seen from a skill position player basis that I've ever seen. And I have watched football for 23 plus years of my life. Um, they, they did all of that yesterday with a top 10 wide receiver. Yes. Think about it. Uh, on the bench in street clothes in Jalen Waddle. They have dudes. They have depth. Their offensive line is playing great. Teron Armstead is back. I missed you. I love you. You're a teddy bear. I want to cuddle you. Uh, they, the other guys they've got are playing good. I hope Connor Williams is okay. But their O-line is playing really well. And McDan- Mike McDaniel, if Andy Reid's the best coach in the league, which I will give you, Mike McDaniel's number two. We are at that point with what he does, his creativity, where this team is at. Mike McDaniel is great. And also shout out to Chris Greer. I've loved Chris Greer and the way he has handled this team for as long as I can remember was him being the general manager and being a fan of the Dolphins. What they have done to build this team, to build this organization to where they're at now um, is awesome. It is so fun to be a fan of this team. Just keep one upright. It's all we need, man. It's all we need. And again, I understand that this is the Homer pick, but I think a lot of people are going to have them first and rightfully so. Uh, It's hard to not have them first after they had 730 yards and 70 points yesterday. Um. That's obviously a massive outlier compared to the year, but their offense is just elite as shit. And right now, no team is operating in a better world than they are. Um, I will, like I said, last year at this time, through three games, they were 3-0, and I put them first. And I do feel like it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. This time... No doubt with a bullet right now through three games. And that it means nothing. But as long as the they stay together, which you got to say that about every team. This is. They are there. They are right there. Um, and they're going to be in the hunt all year and they're going to be one of the best teams all year. We'll take a break uh, again. The Elite Eight was presented by our friends at Yard. Bart. Hate mowing. Need your lawn or business landscaped. Having trouble with an unruly yard that your neighbors hate? Yard Barbers LLC is your hookup. Mowing, weeding, edging, trimming, aerating, fertilizing, haul away, they can do it all. And they aren't just good for your summertime yard blues. They work all year long, 
and you can get signed up for their winter services for that annoying snow and ice removal. Find Yard Barbers on Facebook at Yard Barbers LLC, send them an email at yardbarbersqc at gmail.com, or shoot them a text at 309-235-1595. For frequency's sake, has you covered on all things sports. From the squared circle to the hardwood and the gridiron to the speedway, we've got something for everyone. Walk down the aisle with the boys from Cards Subject to Change every Sunday as they take a deep dive into everything pro wrestling. Need your gambling fix? We've got you there. Enter Pit Row with Rod Villagomez and Fast Money as we win the checkered flag with NASCAR, Xfinity, and truck race winners and props. Football more your style? Explore the waters of NFL DFS with DFS Deep Dive with Brian Craighead and Jordan Kernan each week. More into the science portion of the game? We've got a double dose of action there. The Professor John Bush and Dennis Michelson take you into their science lab and dissect your week in the data lab. Want an analytical take? Nick Girl and the team at Gridiron AI come to you each week with The Lab. Need to know who to start last minute? The network's flagship show, for fantasy's sake, is here in a pinch. The fellows come to you live every football Sunday from 10 to 11.30 Central with the week's best DFS, gambling, and lineup advice. And wrap up your Sundays with Joe Winkle and Nick Brinks as they come to you live with educated ignorance looking at all the day's action. Can't get enough of Joe? He comes to you three times a week. Not enough football on Sunday? Not a problem. Kick your feet up at lunch on Monday and slip on into the football lounge with Mark and Dan while they look at the week that was in news, notes, and more. For frequency's sake, you know what we mean. All right, you know what we mean. Shout out to Sean Taylor. Uh, or Sean Temple, my guy. That's the second time I've goofed that up. Shout out to Sean Temple for that recording. Just saying all the nice things about your boy. That's going to do it for this one. Um, we will be back probably because that Thursday night game is important. We'll probably do a record. We'll record something Thursday night and we'll post it on Friday. We will. That will also have our Sinister Six bets of the weekend. Another three and three week because your boy just loves being average. But hey. Maybe just being 50% against the spread's pretty good. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, regardless, um, that is going to do it. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's tuned in. Thank everybody for watching and listening, all that good stuff. Like, share, subscribe to us on YouTube. Get us to 100 subscribers. We are 38, 39 away from that. So please, please, please help us out there. Uh uh, we will be back again. We were gonna we're gonna post uh, we're gonna record Thursday night. We're gonna post something to Facebook and all the socials on YouTube on Friday afternoon, maybe a little earlier this time. But regardless, thank you for watching. Uh, I've enjoyed the show, Winkle. This has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast. As it says up here, it's a bit of a typo, but it works. If you ain't got your game, oh, there it is. It's back. If you ain't got, we're back. If uh, and I guess it's if ain't got your game, but regardless. If you ain't got your game, you best pass the sticks. We will see you guys on Friday. Till then, we are out. Have a fantastic rest of your week. We are out. Mwah. Peace.